Hi everyone, Ryan here again with another episode of Week Notes by Instill. This week I'm joined by Zara and Daniel to talk tabletop games, Valentine's Day and Jigsaws. Let's get to it. We don't have we don't have a kitchen table yet, so uh, all food is consumed on the sofa, um, which has been it, it's quite hard to have like a nice dinner conversation whenever you're sitting with your plate on your knee. So we've we've just been watching TV since, which is something we swear we wouldn't do. We swear we'd have to sit down and have nice dinners, but no, we're watching Prison Break instead. I also had this argument with my mum, who said that I'm a mad person because I said that we're not going to be getting a TV license or actual TV. And she says, well, what are you going to leave on whenever the TV's on and no one's watching it? <laughs> uh, was, was, was her argument for having a TV license? And I said, I don't know if kids, I don't know if people really do that nowadays, mum. Like, I think you just kind of turn it off. But is that, is that me? Or, like, Yeah, I mean, we don't have the TV on very very much. But again, you go into my mum and dad's house and it's always on. Even if there's nobody in the room, the TV is yeah. on in the corner. But are they actually watching it or is it just background noise? No, it's it's just it's just... Like noise, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it just seems yeah. to be seems noise. Like I don't know why they're not. They don't just put the radio on. You know, the radio. I suppose the radio might be on in another room, but you know, <laughs> the TV's always on in the kitchen. <laughs> the radio's on in the kitchen. The TV's on in the living room. Okay, yeah, it's weird. I don't know. You're not. You're not getting a TV license. I. I feel like this is a big thing that actually needs some conversation. I swear. I swear. I've sworn that we're not going to. Whether or not I eventually back down is another question. So we, we did a count and we were like, right, when have we watched live TV in the past year? And there was two times, and that was for uh, COVID announcements, which are all streamed on YouTube anyway, and the New Year's countdown. We had to figure out how to, how to go back to watching live TV for the 10 minutes that we watched the New Year's countdown fireworks. And then I, I, I vividly remember we were watching something on Netflix. I think we were watching Suits at the time, and we turned it off went to the fireworks, and then went straight back to suits as soon as the fireworks ended. Celebrate like it's 2020. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is true, though. It is. A, it's a valid point. It's like so many things can just be watched back now. It's like, you know, what's the point? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess I'm a total BBC fanboy, partly because I was there for six years, and so I was indoctrinated. So, I mean, if you don't watch TV, it's totally valid. You don't need a TV license. But people who say, I'm not getting a TV because it costs me too much, when you work it out, it's like it's like fifty p a day, or not even fifty p a day. It's it's cheaper than all the video streaming services, pretty much. Yeah, like it alone probably probably gives you a lot more. If if you were the sort of person who has their TV on all the time, it's probably really good value compared to all your Netflixes and your Primes and stuff. Yeah, but who does that anymore? <laughs> yeah. I know, yeah. but is it not a good way to kind of sit down with people and kind of? with your loved ones as they say do you know because if you were going to watch like a podcast or listen to a podcast or something like that you know you kind of do that in your own don't you yeah, do people listen to podcasts together is that a thing i don't know i can't listen to a podcast and do something else at the same time i don't know what it is i just i kind of perceive it as being this is an educational thing so therefore i must listen and take in everything that i'm hearing unless you treat it like radio and then it just you know you don't make an appointment to listen to a podcast like you would with a 
live TV. You say you listen to podcasts for education, whereas most of the podcasts I would listen to are pretty much complete nonsense. Like, it'll be people that I've watched them on YouTube or something, and they've now got a podcast, and it's just them chatting about their day and all this stuff. And you see what I'm working? That stuff is on all the time. Like, I find it is the perfect sensical white noise, pretty much, where I'm like, I'll tune in for one or two sentences and get maybe a laugh every now and then. But, like, it's the equivalent to me of there's office banter going on and people are chatting in the office. But most of the time, I just zone it out. So you're just listening to random folk chewing the fat? Pretty much. Pretty much. Like, it'll be, it'll be like, mildly topicked podcasts, if that makes sense. Like, I would listen to some... It's all nerdy stuff, like Dungeons and & Dragons and, and, like, gaming and stuff. But usually, most of them, they never actually talk about the topics they're meant to talk about. They're just talking about their lives. Yeah. Um, well, that's the way this goes. Yeah. So we're almost yeah. there. <laughs> no, we see, I've been a bit like Ryan, I think. Like, I listen, I don't really listen to that many podcasts. I'd be more Spotify, listen to music. When I say listen to music, I don't actually listen to the words. I just actually, it's just for background noise, as you say, um, yeah. Daniel. And for the podcast, I would tend to kind of listen to people that I can relate to. So it would be like, you know, all the kind of like mummy stuff. And the, I think Fern Cotton does a good one, Happy Place. So it's about people, you know, who have loved, had like bad relationships or people who have lost people and just kind of life stuff as well. So, yeah. yeah. I'm like, yes, I'm the same. It's just the people I relate yeah. to are a bunch of nerds. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You won't know this, but this is the second week in a row that we've had podcast recommendations on the podcast. I, do, I, I specifically don't want to shout out any names of podcasts because then it's like, if I know if I was listening, I'd be like, oh, that sounds interesting. I'll go have a quick look at that one. I'll pause this one <laughs> and take a look at this other podcast. <laughs> I, ha- I, have been, I have been binge watching and, and I, mean, I mean binge watching because while I can, do, I can do the talk radio, like kind of background and stuff, I'm also quite content to have the TV on in the background. Um, I've tried having it on another monitor. That doesn't work. It's too close. It's too in my face and I can't help but watch it. But if it's a TV in the background, I can still work and kind of not focus on it at all, which is the best. And I've just been binge watching sitcoms and I've discovered that I'm pretty much content to watch any sitcom as long as it doesn't have a laugh track because I find it gets really, really annoying now. I'm so used to sitcoms without them. And if you put on, like, I don't know, Friends or something, it really irks me every time there's a laugh track. Yeah, but Friends was a live studio audience. It wasn't recorded laughter. It was actual laughter. Fair. I, I don't I, think. I don't have the same nostalgia for Friends that a lot of people seem to have. And I've never yeah. really been able to watch it. I agree. I'm not really a big Friends person either. My husband is. Um, I actually got him the box set one year. And I'm actually looking up at it because it's sitting right where I am now. <laughs> but yeah, no, I've never been a big Friends fan, really. Um, I don't know. It's just, just very, all too much. Just very, yeah, very samey or something. I don't know. Saying that, I've actually done a puzzle, Friends puzzle. In lockdown, I've taken to puzzles. That's <laughs> one of my like pastimes. Jigsaw puzzles? Jigsaw puzzles. And okay. one of them was Friends. So um, yeah, I find jigsaws are my new hobby. Are you at the stage yet of getting a bottle of puzzle glue and permanently binding and framing them or anything like that? My husband has done that. He does that with every single puzzle that I do. And actually, awesome. funny enough, at Christmas there, I'd done a Christmas puzzle leading up to Christmas and he done that and we have it above our fireplace. 
as like our little like Christmas picture for the year. So we're going to bring it out every year as like our great. Christmas picture. Um, but yeah, he would be very much like that. You know, he likes to keep things and do everything properly. So we have the glue out and we've got everything, all our pit puzzles in one place, all covered over so that they can't be damaged. So yeah, it's my new, my new hobby. So how many puzzles a month do you do? Oh, flip now. I actually done a 300 piece puzzle in one day last weekend, which I'm quite proud of. That's probably rubbish. But given the fact that I have a six-year-old son and I'm trying to do 50 other million things, I think that's quite good. That is quite impressive. um, Yeah. And I believe there are puzzle competitions that you can do speed puzzling. I don't think I'd ever be at that stage, but um, yeah. Yeah. It's my newfound hobby. That's very good. I normally do a puzzle once every Christmas. And I got one this year. I got a thousand piece puzzle, um, which was like a bookshelf of books. Uh, mm-hmm. But the picture on the cover of the box didn't match the the, the books. Like it was, they were shifted over a wee bit. So mm-hmm. like the top right hand corner on the on the box uh, was one book. But actually that book appeared two thirds of the way across the the puzzle as I as I built it. So it was it was hellish. Took me took me two weeks to finally get it finished. And as a result, I have I have bought a board to put my puzzles on so that um, I can't clutter up the dining room table with them. Yes. So, that's my memory of puzzles. Like well, I've done, I've done a few thousand piece puzzles. Now, one problem is, as I said, if you don't glue them realistically, they go back in the box and you never build the same puzzle twice. No, it just doesn't happen. Definitely don't. So you, you might as well, if you're putting it back in the box, just skip the step and put it straight in the bin. Cause there's no point keeping it is, is my, is my opinion. But I yeah. think gluing them, I think that's cool. I think it's, I think it's nice. If you can get some sort of thin yeah. frames, yeah, you can just have all them sitting. Yeah. So like for Christmas, I got one. My husband, I took a lovely picture of my son um, throwing up leaves in the autumn time. And he got that. You can get them customized now where you, the, these companies can obviously like turn thing pictures into puzzles. So I got that as a Christmas present and I done that puzzle. So that was nice, Do you know something that actually means something to you yeah that's a really cool idea yeah i guess you can you can find a community of puzzlers and you could hand your finished puzzle on to the next person yes that's true. that's true if yeah. you're allowed to see them of course so lockdown hobbies what what else puzzling what else have you done in the last 12 months of note for me i've got back into reading which is great because before i kind of had left that because i just didn't have time but now in the evenings i make time to read which is great. Um, and I've also started to watch a lot of films and stuff that I think most people are doing. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's been good to kind of get back into things that I probably didn't um, do for a while there. So reading, reading being one. And then obviously exercise has always been quite a big thing for me, but I find now more than ever, it really helps to clear the mind. So even if it's just like half an hour out in the spin bike in the garage, I do try to do that like three to four times a week. Um, if I don't do that, then I would go out for a run or a walk or something like that. So, yeah. Have you kept track of how far you've travelled then uh, <sighs> since lockdown started? Have you cycled around Ireland on your <laughs> spin wish. bike? <laughs> on spin bike. Do you know what? I don't actually, and I should, because um, there's all this, I can't remember what it's called. There's a cycle thing that all these people are into. Um, Peloton, is it? Is that what you're no. thinking of? 
maybe it is that one. I can't remember the name of it. It's left me now, but apparently cyclists are mad for it at the moment. And like you sign up, but as you say, you can see how far you've cycled and where you've cycled and all that stuff. But uh, I must try that. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, I would have I would have been gymming before they all close. And to be honest, like since they since they're all closed, I just I've just resorted to walking pretty much every day. And I find now if I don't walk, like in any given day, I'm really restless when it comes to bedtime. It's kind of it's kind of I didn't I never thought about it being an essential for me because I was coming straight out of uni and I went straight from uni in the in the work. Um, and whenever I was at uni, I walked like every day to and from uni, like 20 minutes morning, 20 minutes afternoon or evening the way home, um, at least. And then same again whenever I was working beforehand. And now I am home. I'm like, I didn't realize how much energy that short walk actually released every day, mm. um, which is really nice. But but no, like like certainly um, I've got back into, since, since lockdowns kind of hit again, I, I used to play a lot of tabletop RPGs, so Dungeons and Dragons. And I think this is the funniest thing ever to describe to people who don't really know what it is. I assume, have either of you any experience with that sort of thing? No. Not a lot. Just, okay, Zara does. Zara Dawson, do you mean? Yeah. So, it, and it is, it, is, it is the nerdiest thing ever. I'm not going to deny that at all. But if you imagine... Um, it's essentially like a screen reading of a movie. Take take a fantasy movie like Lord of the Rings, where it's an improv screen reading. I think it's the best way I can describe it. Where we all sit around in a circle and describe ourselves and our own actions. This sort of thing. Now, there's a lot of dice and, and figures involved and such to track what's actually going on. But a big part of that is if you're the person running the game, it's up to you to write all the filler stuff where all the places are described and... Uh, kind of all the story and all the different characters are described like like you're writing a fiction novel and i really really enjoy that part of it i i always hated like english and stuff in school but i never i never thought it'd be much of a writer but you see for stuff like that i got a wee bit of fiction writing i could just write for for ages it's really calming really soothing so i suppose that's kind of a new a new-ish hobby one that i did a few years ago but nice to get back into cool uh, when you're playing these games so i've never i've never played the games you just kind of make up what you're going to do Yep. But it's got to fit with I, your character. And yes, so, so I thought the question that was coming there was always going to be the inevitable, do you dress up like they do in the movies? <laughs> no. And the answer is no. <laughs> the answer is always no. Um, yeah, you kind of you, you decide what you what your character does, and it's up to the person running the game whether or not that's feasible, whether or not that's something yeah. that they could actually do. And then the results of your actions are kind of decided by the person running the game. So it's it's really you're building a story together in which one person is kind of in charge of, of the whole world and then everyone else is in charge of just their own character. Okay. Um, so people with God complexes really like the, the running, being the dungeon master? Yeah, yeah, that's me. That's me. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so how do you conclude this? This sounds really stupid, but like, what's the objective? The objective is usually a cool ending to the story. Uh, and that's in an ideal world. But what usually happens is Guys, we've been playing for four or five hours, and it's one in the morning. Can we just go to bed? And we'll do it again another time. Okay. So you always do it with some sort of fantasy type scenario. You never do it with like let's let's build a, a digital product and, and run a run a software company <laughs> it's type ne- scenario. It's never productive at all. It, it's, <laughs> it's funny because it's like it's 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 one of the only times as well that a lot of these people like if you act if you ask them to do some sort of acting or role playing or drama, they would never do it. 
Not yeah. not ever. But if you give a bunch of nerds some some fancy fantasy names and tell them they can cast spells, all of a sudden they're interested. But no, there's never anything productive has ever came out of any of these games, as far as I'm aware. It just makes you a better negotiator and a better storyteller so that you know you can bring those skills back into your normal life. <laughs> <laughs> I say normal because actually, you know, that's that's implying that Dungeons and Dragons is abnormal, and it's not. You know, it's kind of uh, the rest of your life. It's just letting free your creativity, isn't it, Daniel? It is. It is really, really good source of kind of creative output. Is that yeah? Yeah. Just because I I wouldn't do much creative wise otherwise, as far as I can think of. Um, I've never considered myself a creative type at all, and I don't. I think in a lot of cases in, in programming as a job, um, it's problem solving and it is at its best creative problem solving, but a lot of the time it's not so creative problem solving and yeah. the tough challenges that do take a bit of creative problem solving are the ones that are really fun, but they're not that common in everyday practice, I would say. Yeah. At least with programming, you do get the the fairly regular buzz of seeing the thing work. Yeah, there's a fast fast feedback loop on that. Yeah, write some code. Test goes green. Yeah, doesn't really happen with uh, other jobs so much. Maybe like marketing. Like my, that's exactly what I was just gonna say. Like, yeah, you, you, you probably are. You work for six months on stuff that seems to not do anything, and then all of a sudden. Yeah, and the thing about it is, it can work or it can't. Do you know? So at the end of that, you might find that you've done all that work and it hasn't worked. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas, like mostly for developers, I could be speaking out of turn here, but like you're working on something that is probably going to work most of the time or should work. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, from that motivational point of view, it can be a bit kind of difficult at times, but that's the challenge, right? So I think that's the challenge. Um, but it's good. It's good to kind of yeah not really know what your outcome's going to be I suppose for me I, I think yeah I don't really think about it as much like that I suppose I just it's more of a try and test a lot with marketing you know probably scales too like your buzzes are probably bigger than ours if after six months something's actually worked yeah like, it's, like, it's got to be a, oh, a I, much yeah. bigger long-lasting buzz where it's like right that's me <laughs> done for the week I'm just gonna, yeah. I'm just gonna enjoy myself from this point on <laughs> whereas for us it's like there's a buzz for five minutes, I'm happy, and then I'm on to the next ticket. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's very process-driven, isn't it? Yeah. I think there's no right or wrong as well, and it's so subjective, which makes it very difficult, you know, as well. But, um, yeah, I guess, that, that, as I say, that's all part of the challenge. Um, but, yeah, no, it's good. I, I, I don't colour in, just to clarify, I don't colour in, as people <laughs> might think I do. That's what our design team does. They colour in. <laughs> Yeah. Designers for that, Sarah. True. Yeah. Yeah, it's been interesting watching them integrate like product managers and designers, etc. Because all of a sudden, your conversations have to actually have a bit more context to them, which is definitely a good thing that everyone's not just talking in programming lingo all the time. Yeah. Having a whole bunch of unnecessary assumptions of what everybody knows. And it definitely gives much better perspective on. Hold on, these are actually things we're building. We're not just writing code. It's very true, actually, because I remember when I first joined and still, um, and I remember there was a bunch, there was a group of guys, developers, I'll not mention their names, were chatting about something. They were all so excited, so, so excited. I'm really, really excited about it. And I was just thinking, oh, 
I wish I could get so excited about that. <laughs> I had a clue what they were talking about. It was like just talking another language. And I was just thinking, oh, wouldn't it be nice to be part of that and just get so excited about it? But as you say, Daniel, now it's like I find conversations are kind of broadened now beyond code. You know, like I think it's been good that way because I think, you know, the developers, when they're obviously on their projects, it's all about code. But I think the nets definitely be broadened and you know it's not all about code now so you know there are conversations you can have with with people and it's not about code which is it's good for people who aren't developers yeah but actually in the the reverse of that as well it's been great because i think non-developers nearly need to know bits and pieces even like I know since I've started, I, I've learned so much. Like I can't, I, there's no, by no way, no means would I ever be like a, a developer or anything, but you do pick up things um, and you can ha- hold like conversations um, a little bit now just because you have to, you know, to get by sometimes, especially in marketing. You have to kind of half understand what it is that people are, are talking about, um, especially if they're going to be writing blog posts and stuff like that. So I think there's two sides to it. So it is, it's, it's interesting, but good. So it's Valentine's Day on Sunday. Yeah. And um, it's kind of snuck up on me because that's lockdown. I haven't been out of the house. Uh, so I have, I have not bought my significant other anything. No cards, no chocolates, no roses. Nothing. Will she be annoyed by that, do you think? It's more about how she will react, I think. I think... <laughs> I think you need to change your perspective on it. I think... I see it as an opportunity, right? Where I can get away with buying a nice box of six gourmet donuts that I know Sarah can't <laughs> eat all of those on her on her own. I hope she can't, I hope she can't hear me in the other room because she doesn't know these are coming. But it's the sort of thing where if I ordered this normally, she'd be like, we don't need those. That's too expensive. There's now. It's a gift. It's a gift for you. In quotation marks. <laughs> You're playing the whole psychology there, Daniel. <laughs> Turning it all around. No, it comes with a card and flowers, and that's what makes it acceptable. So it's like I really want a steak dinner. So therefore, <laughs> Happy Valentine's Day! I'm cooking you steak. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's how. It's 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 a win-win. It's a win for both of us. Very good. Yeah. I think actually, Zara, we've revealed ourselves to be more cynical about Valentine's Day than, than you thought we were. Uh, yeah, actually, totally. I thought, uh, yeah, for me, it's just never really been a big thing. Like, we used to, like, get each other cards, and now we don't even get each other cards, because I just think, like, for me, I just don't think you should need to have a day where you have to, like, show how much you, like, love somebody or... I don't know. I'd rather my husband brought in the bin without me having to ask him. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> that's like that's more. That's that would actually warm my heart more than a card. Sadly, my Valentine's Day has just been ruined because I've just got a text from my fiance telling me that she did indeed hear that. <laughs> <laughs> you just have to do something else. <laughs> I'm gonna have that on a steak dinner as well now. I don't know. Like my son done me a lovely like. What did he do yesterday? A heart, a purple heart. And then he put, I love you, mummy. Because he knows I like purple. And I just thought that is so sweet. That is so lovely. And I thought, oh, that's so kind, you know. But I think some it's just become so commercialised now, I think. Maybe not so much this year because of lockdown. But I just think that, yeah, people spend loads and loads of money. Like I used to work in a little gift shop when I was a student. 
And the amount of people you would have got coming in on Valentine's Day at like the last hour before it was due to close. I need to find a present from a partner. What do you think she'll like? What do you think she'll like? And I'm like, there's been no thought went into that. Like, why are you getting her that in the first place? Is it just to please her because it's Valentine's Day? Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Everybody's different, I guess. I think we'll leave it there before we get too cynical about romance. See you next week.